Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, consider joining my crew on Patreon to win amazing prizes like our adorable merch, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, and incredible sex toys. Go to patreon.com slash sexedwithdb to join my crew. Get discounts at all of your favorite sex toy shops at sexedwithdb.com. And follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. If you want to partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. Are you falling into a pattern with your partner? Looking to spice things up but aren't sure how? Exit the ordinary with Lion's Den. Lion's Den has hundreds of your favorite brands to help you and your partner reconnect or try something new. From novices to dungeon masters, there are products for every comfort level. With 50 plus years in business, Lion's Den is here to help. Can't make it to a local store? Shop online and chat with a customer service team member while you shop. Lion's Den offers our listeners 15% off in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB. Here are my top three favorite things I love about Uberlube. Number one, Uberlube makes sex feel a lot more pleasurable. It's as simple yet as powerful as that. Number two, Uberlube is recommended by leading doctors and its body-friendly ingredient list makes it widely used by people with sensitivities to lubricants. And number three, Uberlube will not stain clothing or bedding. Any spills can be easily cleaned with detergent and water. Get your bottle of Uberlube now with code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. If you're like me, it's important to choose a toy with body-safe materials and a proven orgasmic track record. Fun Factory pioneered body-safe toys and has a serious cult following of vibrator enthusiasts. Honestly, you can't beat their medical-grade silicone toys. Not only are they long-lasting, they're also designed by German engineers for serious motor power. Ready for an ubergasm? Use discount code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off your new favorite Fun Factory toy. Hello, Audrey. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going today? Hi, thanks for having me. Good. I'm so glad. Right now it is, ele- is it 11.40 p.m. your time in Australia? Yeah. What? What's About okay. that, Very- yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just starting my morning today. It's 9.40 a.m. here, so I'm very, very happy that you're available and uh, down to clown, as they say today, uh, to talk all about OnlyFans. Um, first and foremost, feel free to introduce yourself and tell us about your work. Well, I'm Audrey Aura, as you said. Uh, I am 24 from Australia. Um, I am also a mum and a wife, um, which people always find interesting when I say that I also do OnlyFans. Um, but yeah, there's nothing really that exciting, to be honest. <laughs> Where are you from? Like, what's your, like, what are you, like, passionate about? Just give me, like, a little bit of background around you. Uh, always been from Australia. I'm from Central Australia, um, and I don't really have that many hobbies. I like to sleep a lot. I like to read. Hey. Um, oh, that's definitely a hobby. Those yeah. are hobbies. Uh, I like. I have cats. I like cats. Oh, amazing! I also <laughs> yeah. like cats. What are your cats' names? Uh, Molly and Maddie. I've actually got Molly sitting next to me right now. She's keeping me company. 
That's so cute. I love the alliteration. I have a cat named Ruby. Um, she's cute. around here somewhere, so she might be jumping up on the table at some point. They do that. Um, uh, how old is your child? Uh, he is nearly four. Oh my gosh! Congrats! Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm sure there have up. been. Yeah, four. That's a really fun and silly age. I feel like they're just starting to really like make connections and you can actually have like full on like conversations with them and they're so silly and cute and funny. Yeah. And also annoying. But yes, very cute as well. Annoying. (laughs) Kids, they're just, you know, they're kids. They're great. And they're kind of annoying. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. Um, So we have never done, surprisingly, an OnlyFans episode before, uh, which is dumb, but I'm so glad we're doing it now. Um, And we're absolutely thrilled that you're here to educate us. Uh, Also, for folks listening, you should know that Audrey Aura is a top 0.4% plus size OnlyFans creator who earns, or at least according to that article, I'm sure it's increased since that article, but more than $38,000 a month doing this work. Holy fucking shit. Like, that's amazing. That's baller. What a baller move to, like, be making this into your career and you're 24 and making that kind of money. Like, that is amazing. And I want to know like what the platform is and what your work is on it for those listening who maybe live under a rock and have never heard of OnlyFans. Can you talk a little bit about the platform uh, and tell us about your work on it? Yeah, it's been an insane uh, two years. It's only been two years I've been on the site. Um, Wow. Just over two years now. But uh, the, the growth really started in like August of 2020. So only like 18 months of really actually doing well on the site. Um, but yeah, OnlyFans, it's everywhere. I'm sure most people know of it, but if they don't, um, it's not specifically a porn site. They don't like to say that they're a porn site, but they are a porn site. That's what they're known uh-huh. for now. Uh, it's what the media knows them for, um, but they don't like to say that they are. Um but yeah, that's basically what I do. Uh, explicit content. Um, and yeah, it's been a bit of an interesting two years. I can only imagine what, like, what kind of got you started on the platform? Um, what was your inspiration for joining it? Like, tell me about the, the beginnings of that. I don't really have like a pivotal moment that made me decide, Hey, I'm going to get naked on the internet. Like there wasn't really that one moment. Um, but to be honest, like I think back on it now and I really think this career was coming at me at some point because I was a very sexually aware teenager. Um, I was doing some inappropriate things at ages that I should not have been doing them. Um, and I just always kind of grew up and was very interested in the industry. Like I, I've always had like little obsessions here and there. And I think one of those things was I remember watching like documentaries when I was like 15 of cam girls on YouTube and stuff like, well, not on YouTube, but like the documentaries were on YouTube. The cam girls were not. Um, but yeah, I was just always really interested in the industry, reading about um, that sort of thing. And one day I just actually about a year before I started, I tried to start an OnlyFans. I took some photos and the next day I looked at them and I deleted them immediately because I just wasn't ready for that. Um, mm. you, I wasn't 
ready to look at myself in that way. It can be quite confronting sometimes, um, especially when uh, you're like me and I've had a lot of body image struggles over the years and whatnot. Um, but then like I had started to feel quite confident at the start of 2020. I had I had some lost some weight, um, was feeling confident, feeling myself, um, and then COVID came and I was like, well, i got to do something with my time. So, yeah, I'd started and here I am now, I guess. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. And when you first like kind of joined, you know, you're in this category or like self-ascribed category as like plus size, like content creator. Was that something that felt empowering for you? Like feeling like more ownership over your body and like the ability to like really make a living like in your plus size body? Like tell me about the the kind of, you know, background or like thinking that was going on for you um, when it when it comes to being categorized as like a plus size content creator. It took me a while to accept it, I think. Um, although I did get into this industry and I knew that that's what I would be categorized as, I didn't really see it as anything more than it was as like being a category, I guess. I wasn't thinking about it as being fetishized or anything like that. Um, it took me a while to really start thinking that it was empowering and it, it made me realize after a while that everyone regardless of their body can be beautiful and sexy and there is a market for everyone out there. There there are always going to be people that find you attractive. For every one person that finds you unattractive, there's probably another that does find you attractive. And it definitely was eye-opening within probably the first six months uh, of getting on the site. I My self-esteem shot through the roof. I was more confident than ever. Um, I wasn't caring about what I looked like. I was wearing like more clothes that I actually wanted to wear, not just like trackies and a baggy t-shirt. And, um, that was probably one of the Is most trackies sweatpants. Parts. Is that oh, an yeah, Australian way to say sweatpants? Okay. I was like trackies, track pants. I yes. got it. Okay. Tracksuit pants, trackies, track decks is what we call them. Amazing. Um, but what were you saying? You were saying something surprising. Yeah. It was surprising at how, uh, my confidence grew when I kind of thought it would be the other way because you're looking at yourself in a very abnormal way that not everyone would look at yourself at yourself like you don't look at all those different parts of yourself and um, I mean we're editing photos and looking back at content all the time and you're seeing uh, angles of yourself that you would never see before Um, so it can go either way and I found that it it empowered me more than anything which was was nice after some body struggles for my whole life. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like it's a good point and moment to recognize that so many of us have body image issues, whether you're a fat person, you're a skinny person, if you're able-bodied, disabled, there are people like body image issues do not discriminate against people. And I think it's a really empowering moment. And of course, it's not an upward trajectory, right? It's not like, oh, because you create an OnlyFans and because this is your living where you're making fantastic money, oh, all of those body image issues go away. No, I'm I'm sure they don't. Absolutely not. Um <laughs> but I think that it it can be a useful tool as empowerment to say like, wait a minute, like first of all, it's very cool that other people find me beautiful and like want to pay me for their entertainment. That's amazing. And second of all, 
I am able to appreciate my body and put more care into it and like feel sexy while I'm taking these photos. And there, there are, there is a lot of empowerment, um, that can come with that. And I think that that is really an amazing way to figure out like how you feel about your body and all the complexities that come with that. Yeah, the self-empowerment has been great, but also something that has recently been happening now that I've been like kind of in the media and everything. Um, I've been getting a lot of DMs from people saying that they never really thought that someone of their body type could be seen as sexy or beautiful or they've always hated themselves and now they're kind of second-guessing that and thinking, well, maybe there are people out there that like what I look like because, I mean, it, it doesn't come across rude because people are like, if you can do it, anyone can. Like, I understand they're not trying to be rude, but like, you know, it's kind of double-handed, but it is true. If I can do it and I'm plus size and I have fat rolls and cellulite and stretch marks and everything, then literally anyone can do it. Well, I also think that we are going to be talking about your business savvy at some point in this interview, because I do think that that Sure, anyone can take pictures and also feel empowered by that, but not many people can make uh, potentially half a mil- gross half a million dollars in like a year and a half. Like that's crazy. That's amazing that you're able to grow it not only as far as you've grown it, but so quickly. And so we're going to get into that. I want to keep like, you know, getting excited about that. But I am kind of curious, like, I know you said there wasn't necessarily a pivotal moment. It was kind of like, oh, an experiment of when you first put it on there and then you weren't really ready and then you took the the dive and then it kind of blew up. But I'm curious, like, what was it like if you did tell, you know, your family and your friends, like what what were kind of the interpersonal happenings in your life when you kind of did make that first or second leap back into OnlyFans? It was kind of a gradual thing. I told people along different time points. Um, Obviously, my husband knew straight away that was a discussion we had up front and as it should for anyone that is interested. Um, But he was on board from the get-go. Like he's never had any issues with it, which everyone's always quite surprised at how supportive he is. Uh, but I would say that's kind of rare. I mean, I don't, you you know, and, and it shouldn't be, but I do think that like the way that our society is set up is very much like a, oh, well, if you're, and I don't want to assume anything about your relationship, but I think people do assume like, well, if you're in a monogamous, like, you know, relationship, then that's like inappropriate for one person to be, you know, when the reality is, is like that it's a form of entertainment. And like, as long as the other partner is cool with it, then like everyone else should shut the fuck up. (laughs) And like, that's kind of it. Anyway, go on. I've been quite lucky, I think, with how people have reacted to it. I mean, he's been super supportive from day dot, um, which has been fantastic. Uh, My friends knew from day dot as well. And uh, they were kind of, interested and surprised but also not surprised because they knew how I grew up and they knew that I did some inappropriate things as a teenager um so they were kind of like yeah that also, makes sense do you want to talk out. about those inappropriate things <laughs> or like or you keep alluding to them um we can no pressure I mean no pressure I mean it's up to you it's up to you I, mean, I think the the listeners might be might be curious um I mean yeah I don't I'm totally open and honest about everything but I was just a very sexually advanced teenager, I guess. Like I hit puberty very early. Um, I was just 
horny all the time, honestly. (laughs) So, um, I was, um, yeah, I was just sexually active from a a younger age than probably most people, um, sharing explicit pictures online with people that I shouldn't have underage, um, that sort of thing. So, not really anything that exciting. I mean, lots of people were doing that. It's just I was probably doing it more than other people, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. So my friends kind of just expected it from me, I think, um, at gotcha. this point. And they were all like, yeah, well, if your husband's okay with it, then, I mean, they couldn't say anything about it, obviously. Like, they couldn't tell me not to do it. Um and obviously they got more supportive as it went on, as I started taking it more seriously, as it became more of a business. And obviously as I was getting more successful and t- making more money as well, they were like, maybe I should get into this. Um, I'm sure you're inspiring a lot of people to like seriously consider this as their full-time gig, especially now that we're still home and COVID's still there and everyone's like working from home more than ever. And able to really capitalize on the internet and make a living off of it. Yeah, it's a booming business. I mean, anything online is booming at the moment, isn't it? Totally. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I started this podcast like almost five years ago and the first four and a half-ish years I was doing it part-time as a side gig. And then in September of this past year, I started doing it full-time and I'm, I'm able to do it. Like I figured out a way to, you know, make money through social media campaigns and advertisements. And like, it's been so wild that it I haven't been like, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> like, maybe it wasn't an option or maybe it just like came to fruition, right place, right time, right, you know, amount of work behind it. But it, it is that kind of thing where you're like, wow, I didn't expect this at all. Yeah, I I feel the same way with what's going on with me, honestly, like, a part of me is like, I wish I started earlier, but I know that I wasn't mentally ready for that sort of thing earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. But also just, just being surprised every day at how much I'm able to live off of this. It's insane. It it really is. When I talk about it with people, it, it makes it more real to me. Sometimes I forget and I get, you get normalized with how things work. Uh, and although it's only been really like a year that it's really been successful and, um, doing what it's been doing, but you just kind of get used to it. And then talking about it with people makes me realize, Oh, I am actually pretty successful and doing pretty well. Fuck. Yeah. It's so (laughs) awesome. Okay. We're going to, yeah. As I mentioned, I do want to like kind of pick your brain about the business side, um, a little bit later, but you kind of shared, you know, a little bit about what's what's surprising about the work. Um, but I want to know, like, what's what's the most fun part of your work that you feel like super excited uh, about every day or every week or whenever you're you're doing this job? I think recently the mo- the most fun part is that I've been hiring Airbnbs every month uh, just to like go have have a good time, take some content, and like that's when I'm like bulk contenting contenting nice. that doesn't make sense <laughs> that's but good. that's I when i understand I'm, what you're saying <laughs> that's when i'm making the bulk of my content i'm batching everything i'm making reels and tiktoks and videos and photos i've got a photographer that also acts as my like pa assistant come along um oh, the best. And, and it's just a fun time we generally have a couple drinks 
jam out to some music. That's like the best part for me, I think, just getting to make the content and hang out and do what I want. And alongside of that, when it's like actually working on OnlyFans, that the best part about that is the dick ratings. I love them so much. They're so much fun. Wait, did you say dick ratings? (laughs) Yes. People are always so surprised at that. What does that mean? Um, Basically, people pay us to give them a rating on how good or bad their dick is. Shut the fuck up. Okay, I need to know every single piece of this. Okay, how much does that cost? How many people do you get to do this? Is the rating out of 10? Tell me everything. There is a variety of things that you can offer. I have a menu that people can pick from as to whether they want a written rating. I do voice ratings. I do video ratings. Um, They can ask for just a number out of 10 or they can ask for a detailed explanation. They can ask for a like completely 100% honest review or, you know, most people want it to be a little bit fluffed up because they don't like getting told that their dick sucks basically. Sure. sure. Um, But then there's also people who are into humiliation and basically want us to shit on their dick. (laughs) Oh my God. Which is my favorite part. I love absolutely. I mean, especially if they want that and it's very cathartic, I feel for um, uh, us. I mean, myself, I imagine as a woman, uh, you know, very held down in some ways by the patriarchy and I feel like that is a very tangible um way to make myself feel better I would imagine it is a lot of fun and I mean the the pricing structures it it goes anywhere from I mean like just a number out of 10 or something could be five dollars or it could go all the way up to like a hundred dollars for a video detailed rating um oh my god but the yeah the the humiliation ones are really fun and uh I have a lot of submissive fans that are into fetish stuff surprisingly I don't really mark up myself that way but I seem to entice them and um they're always the best ones uh I I love doing the submissive stuff telling them telling them off basically yeah fuck yeah I mean that's like dom work right yeah that's like kind of moving into that category but that's so amazing okay and so Okay, I'm just wrapping my head around all this. So clearly you have a lot of different ways in which you connect with your fans. Is it kind of like a platform where you get followers or subscribers? Like, tell me about how that works on the back end. Yeah, so it it depends how you set your account up. Uh, Personally, I've got a paid subscription, so they have to pay to subscribe uh, for a month to then get what's on my feed. So mostly what's on my feed is uh, photos, explicit and non-explicit, um, as well as some just teasing videos and some some stuff that shows my personality. And then mm-hmm. there's um, the additional services that kind of cover most of my earnings, to be honest. I'd say that the subscription fee itself probably only brings in about, I don't know, like 20% of my earnings. Uh, but the, the main income earner is the extra stuff that you do. So things like dick ratings or custom videos, or I'm just trying to think of what else I do. There's so many different options, but they're yeah, not coming it seems to like mind there's right a, now. A lot, a lot of things that people can, a lot of ways that people can engage with you basically. Yeah. My DMs are always open. I mean, that's the probably like the main part of the job for me personally is the engaging with subscribers. I'm on there probably like 12 hours a day talking to fans, just chatting, um, seeing 
what they're interested in and getting to know them, um, sending them videos that they might be interested in because they'll tell me what kinks they have and I'll send them what I think would suit them. So like additional services would be stuff like my full length videos. They have to pay extra for that because that doesn't really, I can't really give away like 150 full length videos for like a $4 subscription fee, you know, like it's Mm -hmm, not, mm -hmm. not really fair. So yeah, that's like the main part of the job, to be honest, that and marketing. They're the two big components of the job. The content creation is like 5% of what I do, honestly. To all my friends out there in a long-distance relationship, are you feeling disconnected from your boo? Wish they could bring you pleasure in person if FaceTime sex just isn't cutting it? Well, thank goodness for Clona Willy. Clona Willy makes DIY molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high-quality, 100% body-safe sex toy, so you can stay connected no matter where you are. Use promo code SEXED with DB20 for 20% off at clonawilly.com. We talk a lot about sex ed, but when we're shopping for products to support our sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, we head to the experts at Lion's Den. For 50 plus years, Lion's Den has been a leader in adult products. Whether you want to explore a new kink or add a little romance to your evening, Lion's Den has something for all. Each location is brightly lit and staffed with the very best experts in pleasure, passion, and romance, so you can feel comfortable and confident in your purchases. Lion's Den's offering our listeners 15% off your purchase in-store and online using code SEXED with DB. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So that that's like the fun Airbnb experiences. Yeah. Okay. That's confusing because Airbnb experience is a thing. So I don't want people to get confused <laughs> yeah. that you're like going to the market and taking these nude photos there. Um, but you're you're getting Airbnbs, you're kind of having these fun photo shoots and video shoots, and that's very fun, but that's not a majority of your job. A majority of your job is marketing, really reaching out to people, figuring out how to make continue making your income essentially would you say that you have any like pa- besides your subscriptions i guess but that's not even really passive income because you're posting videos all the time in order to get more subscribers but are there any parts of the job that are passive income not really unfortunately i mean yeah the subscriptions can be passive but you also need to build a relationship with those fans to bring them back for the next month it's it's kind of hard to get fans to keep coming back because it, mm. it's really like a, a flavor of the month kind of thing. Like one person isn't going to only want one form of content. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why us in the industry, us creators, we don't really see each other as competition because we know that we can't fill every single need that one fan might have. They might mm-hmm. want different kinds of content or they might have different kinks and I might not be able to provide all of them. So we know that fans will jump ship quite often and um, Mm. for the most part we've noticed that fans will tend to to stick around for about three months maximum unless they're like a hardcore fan and then they kind of get sick of you and they're like okay I'm gonna go find a new flavor of the month and it's kind of like just online dating honestly like guys get sick of girls quickly Damn. Okay. So would you say that that's the most challenging part is like getting that recurring customer or what, what are the most challenging parts? Yeah, that's probably a big part of it. Um, getting the recurring people to come back as well as just getting fans in the first place, because OnlyFans doesn't have a, a search function. They don't have categories. There's no homepage. Mm. You can't just go on there and browse. Uh, it is all 
one hundred percent our own is. marketing. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me either. <laughs> like, wouldn't it benefit them so that people could be able to search? You'd think so, but I think because they don't want to call themselves a porn site, they don't have those sort of categories that they can would normally be on a porn site. You know, they can't just be like, "Hey, this is our BBW category," right? Yeah, let's let's talk about this whole like OnlyFans is a porn site but doesn't want to be a porn site thing because as you and I and many listeners know, in the summer of 2021, which was almost a year ago, which is kind of wild, OnlyFans, which is, as you said, one of the Internet's best known porn platforms, almost banned porn, right? Like the company said it would no longer allow explicit sexual content in the future and then they got a lot of backlash from sex yep. workers and from other people in the industry and allies before they reversed the policy um, unexpectedly the following week. So it was kind of like a week of like hell and then they they fixed it. So tell me about like your experience as a sex worker like in this industry as a content creator and how it impacted you and people you know directly. Honestly, those five days were probably the most stressful days of my life. Not even oh, kidding. It was I'm insane. So sorry. Because we all thought that we were losing our jobs, basically. It was basically like we were all made redundant and we were no longer going to have a platform to use. And we all were scrambling to find another platform to use, find the best platform to use, get all our content uploaded as well. Like I was trying to backlog like 3000 photos, 150 videos. It was insanely scary, honestly. And um, also trying to get our fans to come with us. That's really hard because fans get used to the platform that they're on. They're, they're comfortable. They don't want to move unless they're absolutely forced to. And mm -hmm. at the same time, we weren't really allowed to say, Hey, I'm going to this platform, come with me. And we were getting our messages deleted by the OnlyFans support people because we weren't allowed to say, like, we weren't allowed to bring fans off site. Oh, um, so, yeah, it was incredibly stressful and I, I cried a lot that week. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That's incredibly shitty. What were you, like, kind of doing other, of course, than, like, processing and, like, you know, trying to get fans to come with you? Were you kind of, like, pressuring OnlyFans to, to keep, you all on the platform or what was your kind of plan of attack if you had one? There were a couple of um, things to sign going around uh, to try and raise awareness. Everyone was messaging OnlyFans saying that this was crap and it shouldn't be happening. And But it didn't really matter in the long run. Like the, they probably got more from the media than they did directly from us anyway. So I think because they saw their income drop as well a lot, a lot of us mm. struggled to make a lot of money over that week that weekend because no fans wanted to put money into something that they thought was going away. So right. everyone's money dropped and they probably lost millions, if not billions, over those five days. Um, oh, God. And, yeah, we were trying to raise awareness but we were kind of like, well, OnlyFans kind of shit anyway. So should we just take this as an a, an excuse to jump ship? And we tried. Mm. We the Creators tried so hard to jump ship to another platform. Um, mostly Fansly was the alternative that people decided to use. 
And it was really, really hard. People have tried and continued to try to jump to that site. And I even have a Fansly account. Um, But no one wants to go on that site because OnlyFans is the mainstream Mm -hmm. site. Everyone knows of OnlyFans. No one knows of these other ones. They don't want to go to these other ones. And so until they literally kick us off properly, I don't think there's going to be another one coming up and up and running, unfortunately, because OnlyFans sucks. (laughs) Yeah, that's what's tough. I mean, I imagine you kind of doing the same thing as a businesswoman and I kind of have the same thought of like, it's important to diversify like where your income is coming from in case, especially because we're in sex education and sex work, you know, respectively it's possible that at any moment we could be banned from Instagram, from our platforms, from TikTok. You know, there are all of these ways in which our income can go away. And so the the more we kind of diversify our income, the better chance we have of continuing to do this full time. Is that kind of like how you're feeling as well? Or tell me your thoughts are, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, for sure. Diversifying not only like only fans to other sites but like you said with social media that is a huge issue with sex workers uh we are constantly getting deleted i've probably gone through like five instagrams like 30 oh tiktoks i've given up on tiktok honestly that that one's just doing my head in um but we are getting deleted constantly we don't even have to promote ourselves on there but as if you've got an only fans somehow linked to your personal being you're likely to get deleted and it is really frustrating because we have to start over consistently and if we're not really really careful with what we post it's very likely that we're going to go down so definitely diversifying is a good option having backups of backups of backup accounts honestly I triple backups yeah at one point I had like seven TikToks going because it was so oh my god bad I was getting deleted on a daily basis Oh, that's the worst. I'm so sorry. That's really shitty. And it's so stupid because I, you know, my videos on TikTok have gotten deleted all the time and I've definitely gotten shadow banned. And I just don't understand why they don't have a fucking filter on that for 18 plus content. Like why, what is so hard about that, about filtering your profile for 18 plus so that your videos wouldn't get to anyone with a birthday below 18 plus? Like, I just don't get it. That would make sense. I mean, Twitter does that. So does Reddit, I think. So Twitter and Reddit are probably our best platforms to go on because we're allowed explicit content. But at the same time, I personally find they have the lowest conversion rate, which is really annoying. Mm. Um, What has the highest? uh, Probably Instagram and TikTok. Um, TikTok has become very overpopulated lately Mm -hmm. and it is harder to gain on there. I, for some reason, am getting most of my fans from Instagram, which I know other models who get none from Instagram. So it Mm. really is just hit and miss depending on who it is and how they're advertising themselves and different kinds of brands do different well on different sites as well. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm curious to hear like how you kind of work to destigmatize sex work, like in your daily life, like in your communities, like if there are, you know, recommendations you have for listeners to actively destigmatize sex work, like tell me all about that. Personally, I just talk about it as much as I can, honestly. I think being in this industry is one thing, but talking about it and just being open and having honest conversations with people 
really helps as well to open their eyes that it's more than just what we see on the outside. And that's Mm -hmm. what I aim to do with, I've been doing a lot of media lately and I just want to make people aware that there's so much more to it than what people think there is. And I think also another thing that can really help is if you're in a conversation with friends or family or something and they say something that's inappropriate, like call them out. Why why mm-hmm. would you let them say something that's inappropriate or stigmatizing towards us if you don't agree with it? I just think we should just be calling people out when they say bigotry things. Completely. Yeah. And I feel like you are very, um, I mean, like it shouldn't be this way, but you are very brave (laughs) for sharing that you have a husband and a child because I feel like just your story and your life like normalize the fact that there are, oh yeah, happy Mother's Day, by the way, which was yesterday. (laughs) Um, Yeah. um, But, you know, like moms are sex workers, like old people, young people are sex workers. People of all gender identities and body sizes are sex workers and sexual orientations. Like I think that sex work, I don't think I know that sex work is the oldest uh, job to ever exist and it will never go away. People are excited by sex work. It makes them happy. It makes them feel pleasure. It makes them feel fulfilled. And we should not be stigmatizing or shaming people who do sex work and people who engage with sex work, because I think that it's so core to the foundation of like what makes us human, which is like connection and like understanding that people have needs and desires. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just the fact that, I mean, one of the the things that baffles me the most about this sort of thing is that almost everyone that you know watches porn, right? Like it's so mm-hmm. normal. But then people that make it are seen as less than and they're seen as not a good person or they don't have morals or they're uneducated or something, which I actually think like the, my sex work friends are some of the most educated and well uh spoken people that I know and they're so I can't think of what I'm trying to say (laughs) brilliant Um, genius you're stunned by how smart they are I know and yeah they're just like they're more forward thinking people and they seem to be um more updated on just life and uh, yeah they're just they're great people and I think it's definitely a, a stigma that we need to get rid of that we are in this industry because we can't do anything else because that's definitely not true we we could do other things if we wanted to we just don't want to <laughs> I mean you're fucking you're raking in so much money and you're happy like you're working you're doing something that's fulfilling and exciting like why would you you know, I know. like it doesn't make any sense um, I want it to be would- a a psychologist when I was younger and oh, that would have taken six years at uni plus only getting like 80,000 a year. No, yeah. thanks. <laughs> Dude, like if you're, and, and I'm curious, like how did you decide to kind of come out in that article and share your income? Was that like a, you know, the fact that you're making 38 K a month, like, was that something that was like in, in, intentional for you to kind of show like listen like I'm making more money than most people ever make and it's doing sex work like tell me tell me about that decision to share that 
I think it just is something that interests people. They Every time something goes viral, like my first viral TikTok uh, video was literally just me saying how much money I make and it made people so angry because mm-hmm. they're like, you're doing nothing and for what? Like, But I'm just providing a service that these people that are getting angry are probably on the other side of. Like right. they're the ones watching porn, but then they're getting angry that I'm profiting off of my own body even though – I have been sexualized my entire life. Like mm. It doesn't make sense. But, yeah, it's just a topic of interest, I think. People are always interested to know how much money I make. The first thing that people usually ask when I say I have an OnlyFans is, oh, are you successful? Do you do well? How much money do you make? And I just think people love to be nosy, to be honest. And I don't think it was intentional for me to say this is how much money I make, um, but it came up in conversation and that's always the the headline that people go with this person made this much doing this right because i don't know i think there's also there's a tiktok account called salary transparent street have you seen that or heard about that i think so yeah she she recently created her tiktok like a month ago and it literally has half a million followers yeah and all she does is go up to people on the street in washington dc and say what do you do and how much money do you make oh yes i've seen that that's the thing. It's like so simple. And it's because we do in our American society, and I'm sure in your Australian society as well, I'm sure it's pretty similar also in the UK. Like we feel very protective and like it's inappropriate to ask someone how much they're making. But in reality, that only ends up hurting women, people of color, minority populations who will never be making as much as their like cis male counterparts. And like that is the first step of dismantling that horrificness is like being open and honest about salary and like how much you can and should be charging for your services. Yeah, I've never really understood a reason to keep it to myself. I I don't like to to brag about it, but it's more so just like, hey, this is what I'm doing and I think you can too kind of thing. I, mm-hmm. I want people to be aware that there is money in this and there is um, a potential for anyone. I mean, I think one of my reasons that people have started to pick up media stuff about me is because I'm not only am I making this much money, that's one thing, but because I'm plus size as well, people are like, mm. oh, how is that person that's not like the typical porn star making this much money? It just it mm. baffles people and it's, it's always interesting to see how people react to that sort of thing. Oh, I'm sure it's a really good fuck you when yeah, you're able to be. like share how <laughs> successful you are. But speaking of like everyone else can do this too, tell us about your masterclass because you like this is the part where I want to get into your business savvy. Like tell us about your masterclass. Tell us about like how you kind of picked up all of these like business pieces about like how to market yourself and how to diversify your streams of income um, and how to make really successful uh, a successful career out of this. Tell me about all that. I kind of act like a sponge, I think. I grew up with professional, successful parents, um, not making heaps of money, but they were working in big businesses, kind of managing and executive level. And so I kind of just grew up with the expectation that I was going to do something in business. Um, and I had that talk around me and I think I've kind of just 
picked up information here and there and it just kind of sticks with me and um Mm -hmm. yeah my my master class I'm so excited it while we're recording this it actually comes out in about 12 hours um (gasps) so (laughs) I'm kind of nervous but I'm very excited I've had people waiting so long and I feel so bad I've been holding it off for so long had to get these like final legal stuff in place and you know business stuff um but I'm so excited I've got people in my dm being like when's it coming when's it coming and um I've been working on it for like the buzz is real that's exciting yeah I've been working on it for like eight months now and I've been talking about it with people for like five months now so it's a long time coming um but it's I'm hoping it's going to pay off it will pay off because it's very intensive like there is all my knowledge that I could possibly get out of my brain is in this course and there's like eight or nine hours of lessons and it's across 12 modules with like 65 different lessons and I've tried to put everything that I can into this not just the things that you think of when you think of OnlyFans like I've gone into mental health and self-care and privacy and security and Mm. um, money and tax and how to market yourself and like I've tried to cover everything that I possibly can so I'm excited oh that's so wonderful what is it called and yeah how can how can people find you like I'm I am so lucky and happy to get to learn from you you are so incredible and so fun and deserve so deserving of all of your success so thank you so much for coming on the podcast tell everyone where they can find your masterclass and where they can follow you and where they can get your content. You make me blush. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The masterclass is called the only hustle ultimate masterclass, but everything can be found at Audrey or academy.com or um, Audrey aura.com is also where all my different socials and my only fans links are and whatnot. Um, So those two websites will take you everywhere that you need to know, basically. Amazing. 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 Audrey, thank you again for being on. This has been incredibly informative, super fun. Um, I know I've learned a lot not knowing that much about OnlyFans myself. Um, And yeah, you fucking rock. And I'm so happy for all your success. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Excitement, intimacy, anticipation, contentment. UberLube lets you feel all the things you want to feel when it comes to sex with yourself and with a partner. It makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction and increasing pleasure. Recommended by leading doctors, UberLube is body-friendly, free of parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. Plus, UberLube is latex-compatible, so it's safe, effective, and pleasurable to use with condoms. Try UberLube now with code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. What's better than your partner's penis? Two of your partner's penises, of course. Say hello to the amazing, the wonderful, the super fun Clona Willy. Made in Portland, Oregon, Clona Willy is exactly what you think it is. A DIY molding kit that allows anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high-quality, 100% body-safe sex toy. Because all parts are art. Use promo code SEXEDWITHDB20 for 20% off at clonawilly.com. Did you know that American regulators consider sex toys as for novelty use only? This means that the materials are unregulated, yet we put them in the most absorbent places in our bodies. 25 years ago, Fun Factory was born with one mission, to provide body-safe German-made toys for a level of safety you can't get anyplace else. 
I personally love that these toys are not only safe, but also ethically made and award-winning. It's the kind of luxury our bits deserve. Use discount code SEXED with DB for 15% off Fun Factory toys. Our creator, host, EP, and sound engineer is me, Danielle Bezalel, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Katherine Cohen. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds, and our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. Want to advertise with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on IG at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. See you next time. <laughs>